everyone, it's Hannah here. If you ever thought about where you can come see us live at any events around the country, go check out our website, www.themoneymultiplier.com. Go to the events tab up at the top page uh, on the homepage, and you can see where we're coming to next. So uh, reach out to me if you have any questions, and I hope to catch you on the next live event that we'll be doing. See you then. Hi, Money Multipliers. Welcome back to another episode of the Money Multiplier Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Kessler, and I'm joined here again with my friend, colleague, mentor, Jonah Dew. Jonah, what's what going it? on, man? What's up? It's been a little bit of time since we were able to do a uh, episode together. I'm excited to be back. I know, I know. It's just our schedules. I know we we're both on the road. Um, actually, so so talk to us. You just came back from out of the country. I did. So I did two two weeks out of the country. Um, one, the first week was in Germany, and the second week was in London, England, mate. So we had a we had a fun time uh, going to some shows, celebrating a, a, a wedding anniversary. Uh, we took some you know river cruise down the River Thames, and and just were tourists over there. So it was it was fun. Got lots of pictures. Good. Good. Actually, did the kiddos go with you? The kiddos did not go with me, so mom, mom came up or across from Texas uh, to over here to South Carolina and hung out with the kiddos for a long, long time, and uh, and it was tired. When we came back, she <laughs> she was she was tired. <laughs> she says, "Here you go, you can have them back. Yep. next time." <laughs> yep. So we'll see we'll see mom again uh, for Christmas, I believe, this year. But uh, yeah, she needs a little bit of a break. We're gonna we're gonna let her have a break. <laughs> well good well actually so hannah's kitty um or children sorry i, I gave gave it away the secret uh my children over here i actually extended my family as well so most of y'all know i got my one kitty cat daisy she's my calico uh but actually this past weekend i just adopted another cat because i uh, hear me out i was up in alabama i was uh in the van i'm, I'm back home now in florida so i came back and uh, I was at grandma and grandpa's house and uh, they have cats around there that they feed. And uh, a little kitten just appeared one day and a little kitten just kept hanging around grandma and grandpa's house. And so, yes, I do admit I, I uh, catnapped the cat and I, I took her back home to Florida with me. So we have a new addition. Uh, her name is Monroe. So uh, Miss Monroe Kessler. So I'm excited about that. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, so Alabama, now you're back in Florida. Did you do any other traveling, any other cities or states? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my whole, um, actually, so I left at the end of July and I've been on the road for, uh, yeah, yeah. So almost three months or so. And so I was just bopping around. I was in Colorado most of the time. My best girlfriend lives out there. Um, I, I actually drove in, you know, we had that uh, AUL symposium out in Indianapolis, drove yep. in for that in the van and um, a few other states, the lake, Lake of the Ozarks. I love spending summer there. It was fun. Very cool. 
I like it. I like it. I don't think I've got any other um, trips planned just for fun or relaxation uh, coming up until probably 2023. But we do have lots of uh, traveling coming up because we do lots of speaking events. So if you're interested in where we're going to be coming in the next few weeks, stay tuned to the end of the episode. We're going to walk through where we are going to be. And that way you can catch us if you're if you're live or if you're around that area. And I'll give you a little bit of a spoiler. I've already gotten emails about folks who want to come see me speak in Puerto Rico. I did not know I had friends down in Puerto Rico, but but you guys are listening, so that's awesome. And uh, we'll get you those details here shortly. That's a little bit of a spoiler, but we'll tell you all the, the upcoming events uh, at the end of the episode. Awesome, awesome. All right, let's get into it. Here's let's what I it. want to talk about today. Uh, this topic is um, it, it's a big topic that folks talk about when they start entering in and doing their research in the uh, infinite banking of space and realm. And uh, so this, I told y'all on the first one, uh, when uh, my friend uh, Mark and I, we talked about uh, 1090 plan designs, 1090. So uh, so the, anyways, this is kind of like a part two to that uh, topic. And because anyways, you know, Mark, th- this is not what he does. You know, he doesn't teach infinite banking that that's just not what he does day in and day out and so i thought it would be fun just to have a um a deeper uh conversation with uh, jonah and myself who have been doing this for the past uh what jonah you, you've been in infinite banking for like nine plus years i've been doing this for about six and a half or so so uh, it'd be kind of cool to go in deeper into the um more strategic and deeper uh thought process behind 1090s i like it 10 1090 part two let's do it Let's do it. So, so here, let's recap though. So the, okay. on the last episode, uh, we kind of covered a few topics. Okay. Um, w- w- and let's kind of start here. And I, I think where I'm going to start is I'm going to ask you your opinion on these, uh, high level topics. Okay. So, um, first one, when, when somebody is researching infinite banking, why do they want 1090? What, what attracts them to this 1090 product? That's a good question. So my first thought, I've got two thoughts for that question. My first thought is when you're researching infinite banking and you discover 1090, you might be attracted to it because there's high cash values to get that policy started. But here's the problem. Here's the problem with your first line of thinking. Infinite banking is not about the product that you have. It's not about, does this company give a little bit more of a dividend than that company? It's not about, oh, I want this company because that cash value was $1 higher over here. It's going to be better. Infinite banking is about process. Infinite banking is about actions, right? We, we say all the time uh, over here, banking is a verb. That means you have to do something. Once you have this type of policy. So um, I, I actually uh, I'm working on something in the background. I know this is a long answer to your question. I'm working on something background because because I, I, I put some money up here that I could have a policy with a split, not 1090, something more traditional that we've seen, like in Nelson's book, uh, Becoming Your Own Banker. And I could get those cash values higher than your 1090 by using my policy. Right. And I, I, I want to like run like a little, little case study for the next couple of years and, 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 and prove it to you guys because it's all about process. So those are my two. Those are my two things. If you're, you're thinking 1090 and you're attracted to 1090. You're thinking product, 
not process. Infinite banking is all about process. And the second thing is don't be don't be drawn in by those high, early, flashy, oh, it's going to be so much, this is going to be great, and, and not think long-term. Infinite banking policies are long-term, right? We're planning on having this. Well, again, they're built for your whole life. We need like sounds. Pony. Yeah, there it is. Uh, and so if you're just looking at those first couple years and not thinking about five or 10 or 15 years down the road, it's, it's just flawed, a little bit of flawed thinking. And again, most um, people, when they're getting started, they don't, they might not realize that. So I'm not picking on you, but, but that's the reality of it. Good, good. And actually you hit on um, a few of the other topics that we talked about as well. You know, thinking long-term, right? That's one of Nelson's rules. Uh, think long-term. Here's another one. Do you want to touch on this? Don't be afraid to capitalize. Why does Nelson tell us capitalize, capitalize, capitalize in these policies? And why does 1090 kind of dictate that? I love it. Okay, so cool. So let me back up just real quick. For those of you who are did not listen to part one or listen to part one and now listen to part two and it's been a while, let me be super clear. When we say a 1090 policy, what we're talking about is 10% base premium and 90% paid up additions premium. Put those together, of course, that's a, a 100% you know money going in the policy, but it's 10% base and 90% paid up additions. Now, uh, uh, Hannah just asked me a question about capitalization. So here's what's going on if you get a 1090. 90% of your dollars going into the policy are going towards paid up additions. Paid up additions are actually not something that can be on your policy forever. There will come a time where paid up additions will have to be removed from the policy. And that's probably not year two or year three or year four. So you don't have to worry about like, I'm going to, you know, they're going to tell me I've got to get rid of them quick. But there will come a time where you can no longer have them and all you'll have left is your base premium. If all you have left is your base premium and you have a policy design where the base premium is so small, your policy now is only uh, earning growth and, and new capitalization off that small base premium. So again, it's, th- it's about thinking short term. You're going, okay, well, cool. I want these first 10 to 15 to 20 years, whatever, whatever the years may be, everyone's a little different, but I want these first few years to be jam packed. And then who cares about those other years that that's kind of the 1090 mentality. When in reality, Nelson teaches us in his book, Become Your Own Banker, that no, 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 this is long term. You've got to think long term. These policies go for your whole life. When you're, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old, I can just keep going because it just depends on how old you are listening to it. But when you're when you get that of age, you you want a policy that's mature, that has been working for the last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Not that, oh my goodness, we finally got to the golden years of the policy, right? Cash value is just kicking. It's working. I'm getting, making so much off these policies. And then, oh, I've got to drop that thing down to just 10% of whatever my premium was. That that's That's just, again, a little bit like defeating the purpose. I don't know. Those, those are my two cents. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. And actually it um, brings me to, uh, I saw a uh, episode here recently where David Stearns, so, so David Stearns is actually Nelson's um, uh, uh, son-in-law and, and David said something on this episode that, that sometimes I, I almost not, not forget about, but it's in the back of my mind where, where Nelson does teach us as well is, is that we have to have a place to capture those windfalls in life. We all want to talk about all the negatives, you know, Hannah, I don't think in, in 10 years from now, 
I'm going to be making the same amount of money I am today. Well, no, your thinking is so flawed right now. Why would you go through life thinking, Hannah, I, I'm just doing this because I'm just going to do it for the short term. I'm not here to build my big legacy for myself. No, you, you want to have a place to capture those windfalls in life and, and those 1090 policies. They're just not going to be able to capture all of it. And, and truthfully, logistically, why? Because then if you dump all of that in, it's going to cause your policy to turn into the mech status. And now you're, you're subject to tax consequences. Totally defeats the purpose, right? And Control. penalties, yep. Control and and and, and the tax free growth is my, honestly my favorite part about the whole process of, of IDC. I like it. That's that's a very very good point. Sometimes that um, slips my mind as well, just because I haven't gotten to the place yet where I've had some big windfalls, and so sometimes you forget about it. But I but I agree. I think we both heard a very very good example um, at our mastermind event. This is in this was in May of 2020. The gentleman that we invited to come speak, actually out of Canada, uh, was walking us through his policies, and I think since he started his policies, he's had two or three windfalls, and he's like you've got to have places to put this money. And when we say windfalls, we mean large infusions of cash, whether that be someone in your family passing away and there's a, a death benefit payout, whether that be, uh, you know, um, selling the house. some sort of settlements, selling the house. Exactly. You've got to have places to put this money. If not, you go through life the same way that you've gone through life up to this point. Right. It's like I, I make all this money and then I just give it away to everyone else. I never keep it. It never earns for me. I make it. I pay off the bills. I buy the new house. I do whatever. I, I don't have it anymore. And that's what we're trying to avoid here with these policies. We earn it and we keep it forever. It earns for us. And then we still go buy all that stuff, right? Use the cash value to go do it. Um, so that that's one of the things that sometimes slips my mind as well. That's a very good point you brought up. Yeah. And, um, and actually, so now I guess I want to pivot and go just a little bit more technical, but let's go for analytical people. All right. right. So I want to talk about like in how a 1090 plan design, how, how, um, the premium load on the paid up additions, how that can factor into it. And then let's talk about the term, right? The rising cost of the term just to avoid the mech status. All right. Don't get me started on term. You know how I feel about terms. They're going to get me riled up here on the podcast. (laughs) All right. I'll I'll cover term if that's okay. You want to do the premium load? Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So here's my two two takes on term. You guys all at home, if you know anything about insurance, you understand term insurance. It works very, very simply. You pay a little bit of money and you get a lot of death benefit. Generally how it works. Now, again, those values can be a little different depending on your age and, and things like that. But but that's how it works. There is no cash value generated from term insurance. It's kind of like renting a house. I pay the rent. I can live here, but there's no equity being built. Does that make sense? That's the, what's happening with term insurance. Okay, here's how it plays into uh, doing a split, doing a policy with a different split. Insurance companies have rules and regulations on death benefit for life insurance. This makes sense to you, right? If you want to get a life insurance contract with an insurance company, they're going to have some rules and regulations about what you can and what you cannot do with this life insurance policy, right? And one of those rules and regulations is going to be based on death benefit. You can't get a life insurance policy where your death benefit is $10. Does 
Does that make sense? They won't, they're not going to let you do it. The insurance company's not dumb. They're going to be like, what in the world did you get the life insurance for? $10 is not doing anything. You can't do it. So they've got some minimum requirements for what your death benefit has to be. Does that make sense? Hannah, have you ever seen a life insurance contract anywhere where the death benefit was 100 bucks? No. No, you can't do it, right? They've got some minimum requirements on what the death benefit has to be. So when you load a policy up and you're about to get started with 10% base premium and 90% paid up additions premium, here's the thing about paid up additions. It gives you lots of cash value. We've, we've said that from the, from the jump. That's one of the things that people are attracted to about it. But paid up additions giving you lots of cash value gives you very, very, very little death benefit. So more often than not, that 1090 policy immediately from the get-go does not meet insurance company requirements for death benefit. So again, I'll ask Hannah a question. Hannah and I uh, design lots of policies. We help lots of people. We use lots of companies, right? I mean, probably like six or seven companies since I've been around uh, working with the Money Multiplier since 2017 and upwards of five, six, 7,000 people for sure. So here's my question for you, Hannah. Have you ever designed or did a 1090 policy for someone who requested it? Because you know we don't do that unless they beg us, right? Mm -hmm. And have you ever done that policy where you did not have to add some sort of term insurance? No. Not once, right? Yeah. Not once. So here's what happens. You get the 1090. It does not meet the requirements. In order to meet the requirements, you now have to buy term insurance on your policy. So this means I'm spending some of the money that could have normally gone into the policy to earn that interest, to, to earn that dividend. And now I have to spend that on term insurance. Not only do I have to spend it on term insurance, how many of you know that term insurance generally has a term that it's set up for? So that means you, you normally you can't just have it for six months and, and get rid of it. Yeah. -uh. You've got to have term insurance for the term, for seven years, for 10 years, for 15 years, for 20 years, for whatever. You've got this on your policy, and a lot of times it eats away at the cash that could have been earning for you. Just so you could have a, a little bit of a higher split, a little bit of more money in the first couple of years, but still less money in the long term. And still not as much growth in the long term because you wanted the money up front. It just doesn't make sense to me. I'm not a fan. And that's one of the reasons, the term insurance. I actually, to sum it up, I call that the uh, microwave uh, mentality. Yeah, uh, honestly, it is. That's what it is. Um, no, that, that was a very, very good explanation. And actually I, I shared the story on the last episode, um, of the 1090 topic, but I'm going to share it again in case you missed it or you need to hear it again, but, but I'll tell you a real life example. So there was uh, someone that we were working with and she just, like you said, Jonah, I, I, I love how you said it. I do not like designing 1090 policies. You got to beg me to design one for you. And so, so she was, that that's all she wanted. And I understood it. She was a real estate investor. She you wanted the high liquidity and I need my money right now, now, now to go fund the next transaction. Well, well, so anyways, she already had two policies on her body. She came to us in 2020, wanted that 1090 policy because she came from somewhere else. And and that, that other agent, you know, and, and actually, to be honest with you, not, not to get on this topic, but that other agent just wasn't helping her with the policy. And that's why she came to us because she needed some mentorship and coaching on how to use her banking system. Anyway, so she had her other 1090 policy. She comes over to us in, in 2020 starts her second policy, begs me to design it 1090. All right. So I did it. Right. 
Well, not even six months later, she comes back wanting another policy. Because why? Well, she already maxed out her first one just like that because she wanted the 1090 and she couldn't put any more into that policy without causing the MEC status. So so she came back and she says, Hannah, I'm ready to go with policy number three now. What did policy number three have to do? Policy number three had to be a 1090. All right. So we went through underwriting for that third 1090 policy. Get this. The insurance company wouldn't give it to her. You know why? She was maxing out her insurability on her body. She had too much term insurance on those other policies that that she was maxing out the insurability that the insurance company wouldn't give her any more death benefit on her body. And and, and what what she can't do, she can't just go in and cancel off those other terms on her other policies because it's going to turn into a mech. So so what did she have to do? She had to go outsource to those other bodies. So so just doing it that way as well is is that you really are eating away at the insurability. And and again, it's just short term mindset thinking. And that's a real life story. Yeah. So just for those of you who might be confused at home, when we're talking about maxing out insurability, what we're talking about is you can't. uh, Well, let me explain it like this. Think about car insurance for a second. Okay. think about car insurance. Hannah, what what uh, type of van are you driving? What's what's the model and, and things like that? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. It's a 3500 Ram Promaster. Okay, cool. What are those retail for? Mm, I don't know. I, I think I bought it for like 55. Okay, and you put a lot of work into it, so now it's worth a little bit more. So when you go buy insurance on that van, they don't insure the van. You can't get insurance on your van <clears throat> for $500,000. Your van's not worth $500,000. They will not give that to you. If you were to now knock on wood, I'm going to knock first before I say it because I don't want it to happen to you, okay? But just in case you, you you crash the van, you get into a fender bender, whatever it might be, they'll give you a check for what that's worth, what the vans were. Does that make sense? That's that's it. You don't just get a $100,000 check because you got a fender bender and there's like, oh, I'll do whatever you want with it. No, no, no. They insure what it's worth. The same things happen with bodies. The insurance company puts a worth on your body. Now, listen, uh, I, I like to think that I'm doing well in life, that I'm helping lots of people, but I'm not Jeff Bezos, right? Mm-hmm. If, if me and Jeff Bezos are, are next to each other and we go get an insurance policy, guess who gets more death benefit? The person who's worth more, which is Jeff. I'm going to let you guys in on the secret, just in case you didn't know. It's Jeff, all right? I'm not. I'm not close. They're not. I didn't. Uh, Forbes didn't show up at my house this last weekend and ask for an interview for you know world's wealthiest folks. They didn't. Not yet, I mean, not yet. Yeah, and in fact, I'm not sure they're coming in 2023 either. Right? If they come, I'll let you know. Uh, but anyway, it's Jeff, right? So Jeff can have much more insurance than I can. At some point, the insurance company will tell you. They'll say, listen. No more policies for you. Jonah, you're just not worth $10 million when you're done. You're just not worth it. No. So the answer for you is no. And the problem with the 1090s, like Hannah was saying, is there was so much term on these policies, these two policies, that she hit her max number mm-hmm. and she couldn't get more policies, right? Whereas, of course, if you design it the opposite direction, which is how we normally teach it, which is about a 40-60 split or somewhere close to it, like Nelson taught us in his book, Become Your Own Banker, uh, you just don't normally hit that sort of thing for a significant amount of time, a significant amount of 
money, a significant amount of policies. You just wouldn't really be affected by that. So I like that. That's, that's, that's real life, right? Helping folks, trying to tell them what's, what's really going on. Uh, like you said, being begged to do it anyway, and then running into problems when you come back, it's like, well, we tried to tell you that, you know, that's it. Now, now I will, I, I know I, I went off course there, but I will just real quick talk on uh, paid up additions, uh, the premium load. Okay. So, so, and again, this, this is for more for my analytical people. It, it's really not, it, it's not crucial to know this information to understand the infinite banking concept, but it's there. And I just want you to have the information. So, so um, a, a paid up additions premium load. What that is, is that uh, the insurance company really does take a, a uh, sliver of some of the cash that we put towards the, the uh, paid up additions. Um, um, same thing with like the base premium of the policy, right? There's costs of insurance. There's mortality expenses. The, the admin expenses of, of the insurance companies facilitating your policy contract, right? So, so all of that is included inside of that premium that you choose and what you're doing. But, um, but, but here's, I guess, just one thing that I just want to talk about paid uh, the premium load. When when we put in dollars into that paid up additions rider, a hundred percent of it is not going to be available to us, right? So if I put in um, um, ten thousand dollars towards the, the paid up additions, well, some companies have anywhere from a a five percent to a fourteen percent premium load. So what that means is that they're going to take anywhere from five to fourteen percent of that paid up additions. So so when when folks are talking about 1090 and they have this impression of, all right, when I put in my, my 90% of the premium towards the PUA, I'm going to have 90% cash, cash value access right off the bat. And you're not, you're just not, it's never going to work that, that way. But so, so, and I, and, and honestly, I think I need to do a, another episode on, um, uh, the base premium and why it truly matters. And uh, dad is coming up in the back of my head right now because you know what he keeps saying? He he talks about that Megan Trainer song. It's all about that base. <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking of right now. But but <laughs> those paid up additions premium loads, y'all, I, I mean, that is a real thing. And so when, when we are overfunding it into the paid up additions, which is great, we should be. But when, you, when you're maxing it out all the way, there is a little sliver of that quote unquote cost that the insurance company does take where the base premium and I got to do more research on this and I got to correct me if I'm wrong where that base premium in the longevity of it all that's all going to come back to you right so there's another aspect of the 1090s that I, I, I feel like not a lot of people know about and talk about sure yeah absolutely it's it's all it all boils down to you again one of the things that I I, I love our topic. I love our episode. I love going over things with you. But for those of you who are listening at home, please hear me. Please hear us. When we stress this, it is about process, not product. Mm-hmm. It's about process. If you understand the banking process that's taking loans, that's repaying loans, that's paying interest, that's paying extra. If you understand that, it almost, almost doesn't matter what type of policy design you have, as long as it's designed appropriately. And generally speaking, the, the 1090 kind of aspect is something that we, so, so actually let me, let me break it down simple for you. If you beg for a 1090 and you have valid reasons why you want a 1090, like Hannah said, we're, we're going to do that for you. We want to help you. Absolutely. We might 
tell you why we don't think so, but we'll do it for you. But let me be frank. I do not own any 1090 policies, not one. And I have uh, a lot of, I've at least got 15. I got to go recount. I've at least got 15 active policies. Not one is 1090. Hannah, any 1090 policies for you? Not in my five of my portfolio. Not in your five. What about your dad? Your dad's got more than more than me. He's he's got like more than you and I combined, right? Any ten nineties for him? No. No ten nineties, right? Actually, actually, get this, y'all. Actually, um, because right now he's got policies in underwriting. Uh, the the his grandchildren's policies seventy base. 30 paid up additions. All right. Keep That's going. even more, more aggressive toward the base than we would generally do. Right. Mm-hmm. Go all about that base. Megan, you know, go listen to that song, right? <laughs> I'm going to play it here uh, as we get off the episode. But so, so there's the thing. So really what I'm saying to you is he, hear us when we go, the folks who practice this every day, who have helped thousands of people who've worked with a bunch of different companies, we don't do it. We don't do it. Yeah. But but you, the first timer going, hey, I think that's the best one. I think I should do that. And then when we go, hey, well, you really need to pay attention to this. I don't think so. And you say, no, I want to do that anyway. Right. That's not that's not it. That's not it. And again, not only that, once you have the product set up appropriately, it's just about process. It's all about process, all about banking, the actions that you do. And uh, we want to be here to help you with that when when you're ready. So that that's my two cents on on 1090s. I don't know how much clearer we can make it, right? No, that's perfect. Maybe maybe in a year or two or so, if um, <laughs> as time goes on, we hear more uh, a conversation about it. Maybe we'll come back to the table and talk about it again. There it is. I like it. Okay, before we wrap up the episode, we promised them we'd talk a little bit about the events that. Uh, that we've got coming up. So I believe on uh, your platform, the Money Multiplier podcast platform, this should go live right at the end of October. So let's talk about November. Let's yeah. talk about November events. What you got, Hannah? Anything on your schedule? Yeah, so actually, so November's really just one event because um, we're, we're kind of taking it a little bit easy in November. We're going to go up to Texas and see the grandparents. But in November, there's the Ohio RIA. It's in Mason, Ohio. Uh, um, it's actually at the Great Wolf Lodge, but that's November 3rd to the 6th. And I, I'm going to be there all weekend, uh, all weekends long. Uh, there, I'll, I'll have a booth set up there. So come out and come see me. Mason, Ohio, November 3rd to the 6th. I love it. We actually do have a few more events. November 17th, uh, myself, Jonah, will be in uh, Puerto Rico. And you have to forgive me. I don't know what part. I've never been to Puerto Rico before, but they asked me to come speak, and, and I'm coming. So, uh, I And again, I've already had people reach out and ask about the details. As I, as I get the details, I will let you guys know. That's November 17th. On November 21st, <clears throat> one of our colleagues, Chris Noggle, is going to be in Wisconsin. That is Rothschild, Wisconsin on November 21st. That's the Monday before Thanksgiving. So hopefully we got to call him and tell him, hey, listen, after that event, go home, right? Go (laughs) home. Spend some time with your family. Uh, Those will be very fun. And uh, there's another, excuse me, there's one more event, uh, but you have to forgive me. I don't have the details on it just yet. It is in Greenville, South Carolina. It's a real estate event that we are speaking at. That's actually uh, my brother, Jeremiah Dew, is going to be speaking at that. Again, it's all about banking, but it's uh, a real estate sponsored event. And I believe, I believe it's the 11th, but you'll have to let me uh, double check you on that. Next episode, we'll clarify it for sure uh, as we get closer. So if you're in any of those cities, if you're in any of those states, if you're close and want to come hear us and come talk and come ask your questions, please come on by. We'd love to chat with you. 
That was good. Well, welcome back, Jonah. It was good chatting with you today. Hey, thanks. No problem. All right. Uh, thanks so much for your time, everyone listening. Hopefully, Hannah will invite me back. Hopefully, I didn't uh, dominate the conversation. Now she's like, I don't want Jonah back. No, you're good, man. <laughs> the people are tired of hearing me talk. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I love it. All right. Very cool. I think that's all for now. We're signing off. Signing off. Catch you later. Bye, y'all.